Welcome to Sky's the Limit with your host, yours truly, Sky Estroff. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sky's the Limit podcast. Today's conversation is with Billy Kramer of NFA Burger. If you haven't heard of NFA Burger, like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but it's about time that you did. NFA Burger is located in the heart of Dunwoody, inside a Chevron gas station, dot, 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 for now. Um, I even featured this top-notch burger spot on my gas station restaurant segment on Good Day Atlanta a while ago, but NFA is not new to shout-outs and awards. They've won Best Burger by AJC, Atlanta Magazine, um, Best Burger in Georgia by Food and Wine Magazine. They're on Thrill List, Best Burgers in America list. The restaurant has also received features in Garden and Gun and Southern Living and so much more and more to come. So without further ado, welcome to Sky's the Limit podcast, Billy. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so Can welcome. I talk now? I can talk. Yeah, you can okay, talk. I can talk now. You're right. being recorded. Okay. Uh, I hope you consent to that. The 85th time I've asked you, are we on the air yet? I mean, I just, I like to keep you guessing. I like to have you on your toes so I can have what you're authentically wanting to say right. going. That's you know? fair. That's fair. That, so that's what we're doing. But I know we've kind of warmed up because we're actually warming up to the smell of a double cheeseburger and some tots. And Billy so graciously brought NFA to the Keller Williams studio today. But um, I figured we'd start with a couple of warm-up questions, too, just so everybody gets to know you a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for it? I am. You are recording. Yes. Okay. I'm a Virgo. Is that one of the questions? <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. My mom's a Virgo. I'm very used to that Virgo energy. <laughs> there you um, go. Okay. So starting out pretty pretty easy, and we're only going to have a couple. Sweet or savory breakfast? That's actually both. Okay. So I'm going to go with one of my favorite I was actually asked about this. I can't remember the publication, but they asked for local restaurant owners or chefs oh. to talk about like what their favorite fast food breakfast sandwich was. That's and a mine great is a question. McGriddle. So I think both. I think okay. McGriddle is a perfect breakfast sandwich. We can expand on that later. We're okay. just going to go through this. Okay. Great. And interesting question by that journalist. I'm going to have to find that article. All right. Pancakes or waffles? I think I might know the answer to this one, too. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go bacon. <laughs> I would rather have bacon than either. Quite honestly, bacon supersedes everything. Yeah, more of like a Ron Swanson guy, like yeah. eggs and bacon, like yeah. all the eggs and bacon. Okay, great. Now I'm putting that comparison together. There you go. All right, two more. You're doing great. Okay. You're warming up. <laughs> it's getting warm. <laughs> Lobster roll or a crab cake? We know you like the meat, but like, what oh in the seafood God. department? Uh, nothing. Neither. You're not Neither. a seafood guy at all? I eat some shrimp. Okay. I had a uh, fried shrimp taco at Taqueria del Sol yesterday. Ooh, that sounds great. Right? But that's the extent of it. I leave the rest of the seafood to my wife. Okay. Wow. Surprising. See, we're just learning <laughs> right. lots of things really quickly. Right. Are you more of a mild or a spicy guy when it comes to like a hot sauce or anything? So, great question. Yeah. Um, before, when I was younger, like your age, mm -hmm. spicy... Um, not so much. I still like it, but yeah. it's just not recommended at, oh, okay. uh, at my advanced age. Yeah. You're so. over the age of 20, so <laughs> right. it hits you hard. But I used to work with these guys when I had a job in college mm -hmm. 
working for a financing company, equipment financing, horrible job. Um, and I worked with these group of Italian guys, mm-hmm. and it was a game between them to see oh, no. how hot of a pepper they could eat every day for lunch. So there was a place near the office, like D'Agostino's or something. It was in South Jersey, so yeah. there was you know, sandwich shops all over the place. And they would try and see who could have the hottest pepper. Now, I'm like 21 years old, and I don't want to be left out of being one of the guys, so I'm, I was constantly... Oh, no. Joining this group of people, and it was not a really good idea, mm-hmm. but I built up a pretty good tolerance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I actually do like really spicy, but now I'm to the point where I, I like, like why do this, that to yourself? Like if the spice has, is flavorful, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's just like extract, you know, there's like, you can buy like ghost pepper extract and drop it in stuff. Sadistic. Like that's just weird to me. Yeah. You know, but like, um, it's like the Valentino sauce. It's not on the menu at Tucker Del Sol, but I really like it because it's flavorful, it's smoky, and it's got some kick. Is that a menu hack? Uh, I wouldn't call it a hack, but you definitely have to know it's available. Okay. But they'll give it to you. It's not like you don't have to need a secret code. Okay. You just... You I just to, have never ordered right, it, you just and I've been there say, a million times. Right. You just It took me like, the first three times I was there to realize it wasn't a part of the salsa trio. Okay. And I'm like, where's that sauce I had at this... <laughs> Cater, you know, I was at this party. There's cater, oh, uh-huh. and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "It was like spicy and smoky." They're like, "Oh yeah, it's not. We don't put it on anything." Valentino. Valentino sauce. Foreshadowing, by the way. We'll talk about it later. All right. Yeah. Dot dot dot. There Stay tuned, go. listeners. We've got so much to uncover. <laughs> right. No, but I find that very interesting, and it's also a good point too of spice tolerance. I, you know, I started out, I remember the first time I had Chipotle when I was a child, I had to drink a glass of milk. It was disgusting. I hate milk. I will. That's the only glass of milk I've ever had in my entire life, but I thought it was so spicy. I needed something to calm it down. Now I can, I have habanero hot sauce on my avocado toast every day, but But it has flavor. It's good. It has to have that, but it is something that you can um, upgrade throughout your life is like adding on to that spice tolerance. Right. So back in college, when I used to go out to Rutgers and mm-hmm. hang out with uh, my buddies, we would go to a place called Cluck You, and they had like seventy-five levels of hot sauce. So it was hot ones before hot ones. Right. Yeah. So one was like global thermonuclear. Ugh. And um, what they did to make it hotter is they added water to it. Really? Yeah, so they would take like their hot stuff and then they would add some water to it and make it hotter. Right. That's so, you know, so counterintuitive because you'd think it dilute the spice. Right. So I asked them like, how do you mean it's like we just add some water? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never tried doing it, but it kinda makes sense, I guess. Um hmm. Hmm. anyway, but we would go so we would play jokes on each other yeah. at the fraternity house and we would go get like, you know, a bunch of medium wings and then we would have them throw in like <sighs> just one super global thermonuclear wing. But it has no flavor. It was just like a prank. Yeah, it's just to make you sweat, want to throw up, and then not move for a few hours. Exactly, it's, pretty mm. much, which is what you want to do to your fraternity brothers. I guess it's good for that stage of life, but I could see why you've aged out of that. Yes, I, I can definitely see. I would still do that to my son. Yeah, but he is that He's age. 17, yeah. yeah totally as you should. I mean, right. if he's just hanging out this semester of high school, you need to start, go ahead, kind of mess with him. Right. Get him he's, ready. He's gonna Geared get it, up. He's going to get it at Georgia. Yeah. Not that we would ever condone that type of behavior, but like hot sauce stuff is kind of funny. Right. 
Do you want a dentist that actually spends time getting to know you and your needs? A practice that not only provides regular cleanings, but also excels in straightening teeth, replacing missing teeth, and helping highly anxious patients? Peach Dental is a family-owned practice that does just that. If you're looking for an elevated dental experience, join me at Peach Dental. It's where I go to keep my teeth healthy. Dr. Resnick is offering a special discount for Sky's the Limit listeners. Get 15% off teeth whitening and a 10% discount off of their office membership plan. Visit peachdentalatl.com to learn more and book your appointment. Again, that's peachdentalatl.com. Thank you to award-winning Atlanta realtor Jenna Mizrach of Keller Williams Peachtree Road for sponsoring this episode of Sky's the Limit podcast and furnishing the Keller Williams podcast studio. If you're looking to buy or sell a home or just want to have a conversation about what's going on in this market, connect with Jenna. She was my realtor and I wouldn't have the house that I have without her support and help. She's amazing and I can't say enough good things about her. DM her through Instagram. That's the best place to reach her at Jen Miesroch. That's at J-E-N-N-M-E-A-S-R-O-C-H. So, okay. Another thing that we just have to briefly discuss because this podcast is really about you and NFA and la di da di da and all about the burger and all about all the cool things that you're doing and just like chilling. But this is part of our kind of like shooting the shit kind of conversation is like I when I interviewed Joel Turry tailgate extraordinaire and very focused personality of tailgating. Um, We mentioned you in the podcast because I was like, how do you not know Billy Kramer? Like the amount of thought that he put into his process. I was like, you kind of sound like Billy. Like I know he's put in so much thought into his burger. So then y'all ended up meeting up when he had that big I, tailgate. I want to say like the following weekend. Yeah, it was, it the, was a few days later. It was the unfortunate uh, SEC championship. Yeah, I, I don't want to you know, right, mention the not, game by yeah, name, but y'all ended up meeting up, took a selfie. I think you even brought him some burgers and schmoops and he had already done like all of this stuff too. And I was just right. like, this is a collision of two amazing worlds and I'm just so glad that y'all met. So tell me a little bit more about that. So we... My friend Keith Pepper, who yep. uh, is a publisher and owner. Which, of, again, um, didn't know that you were friends with him, didn't know that Joel was right. friends with him, but I know him separately, too. Right. So Keith and I were going to watch the game together. He invited okay. me to watch the game with some of his friends. And so I said, "Where are we, what are we going to do? He's like, well, last year I went to this tailgate, mm-hmm. and I saw you there. I said, yeah, but I was at a different tailgate. He's like, well, we're going to go to this other tailgate. I said, all right, well, I'm coming from NFA. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll bring some burgers and some stuff down. Whose tailgate is it? Mm-hmm. He told me who it was. I'm like, well, I never <laughs> heard of this guy till last week. <laughs> and now I'm going to his tailgate. Is it cool that I crashed the tailgate? Like, I had no idea how it works. Yes. Right? It's a scene. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I got there with burgers and schmoops. Schmoops are right. so top I get, notch. So yeah. I get out and I have like a couple of tins of burgers. Mm-hmm. And... A whole tray of schmoops. And um, the first person I see is... Joel? No, it's not Joel. Uh-huh. It was like kids that my daughter went to school with. Or, oh, my, so or like my mom teaches. So I knew. it turns out I yeah. knew a lot of people at the tailgate. Mm-hmm. And uh, from either Davis or wherever, right? Just yeah. the community. And I think Keith was an A-Pi. So it was a lot of those. And I just knew all these guys just from having lived in Atlanta for the last 27 years. So, um, first person I see is like a friend of my daughter's and he's like, 
you don't have any burgers on you, do you? And I was like, actually, I do. <laughs> and I opened a tin and I hit him a burger. <laughs> He's like, is that your greeting wherever you go? Like you're in the grocery store and people are like, hey, you got any burgers on you, do right. you? Well, actually, I have gotten that. But, you know, we talked before when I got yeah. here and I brought food. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't, my mom would kill me if I didn't if I showed up somewhere empty handed. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to this guy's tailgate. I wasn't going to show him up. I was like, I can't go to this guy's tailgate right. and eat and drink his stuff. And he doesn't really know me, even if we he knew loose, you know, knew yeah. about me in a loose manner. It didn't make me feel comfortable. Like I just don't, just not my thing. So, and I wanted him to, you know, like he probably always eats his food too. It's your connection point. Right. This is why you right. have this business too. Right. And he probably wants, you know, he eats his food all day. Yeah. Maybe he wanted something else. I don't know. And he doesn't get forced to eat at his tailgates either. Half the time he doesn't eat the entire right. time. He's just serving everybody else. Right. So he's, somebody bringing an offering is actually right. such he's, a nice extension. Right. He's him. taking care of everybody else. I've never seen anything like it at tailgate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I he had 12 10 by 10 tents mm-hmm. out there. It was uh, an amount of food that I've never witnessed anywhere. Um, I felt bad for bringing him. Like, wow, I just bought more, brought more food, right? That no, that can't possibly be eaten. Um, but it was just amazing. Had the best time. He's got a great crew. Everybody's so happy. Yeah. And uh, he does something I could never do. I told him that. I'm like, yeah. All right, there's no way that I could just do this for a bunch of random people. And they're week not really after random, week. right? They're really not random at this point, but. You know, he's not charging money mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what he's doing. He just loves it so much. Like to do yeah. something that you love that much, for the good of the game. Yeah, is pretty awesome and appreciated. Uh, and it's Respect. just a, yeah, it's just yeah. a scene to go down there. So Keith and I hung out and saw a bunch of kids that I've known since they were born because they went to school with my daughter and and uh, they're taking selfies with me and oh it was just pretty funny. Celebrity um, of the town. Yeah, we had a good time. We had yeah. a good time. Good. Um, I'm glad that connection could happen and that you found this other reality that you actually belonged in too. Right. And I owe Joel. So Joel wanted to come last week for burgers with a friend of his and I just wasn't around. Okay. Uh, He only, he wants to come and hang out and talk and that's, and I prefer that. Yeah. But, uh, so hope, I don't know if by the time he hears this, he will have come and I will have seen him or it'll be after we publish. Well, Joel, hopefully you're listening and if not get it together, you should be listening. listening. But no, it's just, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. And I just like, I love bringing people together too. And I think you also are that way. Joel is also that way. And so it's just, it's nice to see it all come full circle and I was, more connections to be made. Yeah. I always say like people, people ask me a question about NFA, like what makes NFA successful? And I, mm-hmm. I disagree with the premise um, because it's. I'm not the only one doing something mm-hmm. well or, or yeah. at least perceived to be doing something well. But what I say is that like when you find somebody who um, loves what they do and wants to share with you how they do it, that's probably something that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you don't you don't find somebody making a horrible pizza and saying, Hey man, I want to tell you all about how I make my dough and right? That's person doesn't exist. But you might meet you know, somebody like uh, somebody from Old Fourth Ward Pizza or, yeah. you know. Um, Veruni's one of my Right, favorites. whatever. Yeah, like yeah. like those guys. It's a good example. It's actually mm-hmm. a good example. Mm-hmm. Is that I've talked to those guys before. And they're just like happy to talk about the industry or food or whatever. And then and you can tell that like Joel is like that and yes. you are like that. Like you get so excited to do this, right? It's not a – it's I would call it not a job, but it's – 
it's just something you like doing. It's like a creative expression too. It's just you can be creative. It allows you to be more connected to people. It's it's just fun. I don't know if that's like a little you know woo woo or whatever, but I, for me, I just feel like when you're able to, you're creating either a food or an environment or both. It's it's bringing. I don't know when you bring people together and you want people to be involved in that process. I think it's pretty. It's special. It stands out more than people that are very closed off with that. I mean, I've had chefs, even from when I started Instagramming and taking pictures of burgers and blogging, I would ask a chef, like, hey, can you take me to the, through the kitchen? Mm-hmm. And the ones that wanted to do that were always the better burgers, the better restaurants, um, because you're just so excited that you're genuinely interested in what they do. Yeah. And they want to talk about it. So it could be like Matt Highland, who is one of the founders of Emmy Squared. Yes. Or um, Nick Leahy. I first met him when um, he had his restaurant down in Midtown. And X. he yeah, and he let me – I was down there with somebody who was invited to eat a burger. And I said, hey, can, you, can I go look at your kitchen? He was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and now Nick and I are friends. Like, we're good yeah. friends. Because he's just so excited. He's like, wow, there's – like, he's genuinely interested in Nick – loves talking about cooking and his kitchen and stuff so he's happy to do that so mm-hmm. you can always tell like when somebody is really excited about what they do that it's probably pretty good because yeah. they're probably putting they they just care so much they want you to be a part of it totally and that you know whatever they're showing you is kind of the tip of the iceberg like the amount of work and effort and research and process that they've put into it is so much bigger right than what you can even see in an hour. Like if somebody comes to visit you at NFA, they see a lot, but they don't understand everything. Right. And there's, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. So somebody will say like, you know, Billy, I was there and I haven't seen you recently. I was like, yeah, I'm doing other, <laughs> doing other stuff. I mean, day one, I was the cook. I showed up day one, December 3rd, 2019. Um, Congrats on four plus four, years. Four That's years. amazing. But day one, I made three burgers and it was just me. Oh and nobody gosh. knew I was in business. Was uh, it a soft launch or what happened? It's actually an internal, it's an inside joke at this point mm-hmm. because we still haven't had our grand opening. Um, uh. But I had been, I think, relatively sick for a while. Not No, no, no big deal, but yeah. I had just been diagnosed with colitis. Uh-huh. And it turns out that it was like the way it manifested. Like once I was better, mm-hmm. it was easy to see like how Bad, it had affected me for a long period of time. Yep. And I hadn't been working for a while and I've been doing pop-ups and I've been out of work for like 18 months because mm-hmm. I hated the former life that I was in, mm-hmm. in advertising. And so I just told my wife, I had signed the lease with the gas station and I, I said, I'm going to work tomorrow. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So I just went to the store and I bought <laughs> buns and mustard and pickles and yeah. went to the butcher shop um, who was making meat for me for my pop-ups. Mm-hmm. And went in and I sold three burgers. And then I think Friday, that was a Tuesday, that Friday, my sister calls me. And she said, Billy, I heard the craziest thing. I heard you open a burger joint. <laughs> this is your sister. Yeah. I hadn't really, I hadn't, really hadn't told anybody. I was like, yeah, I did. She's like, well, you weren't going to tell anybody? I said, I kind of just did it. Started. This- this is new meaning to a soft launch. This right. I've never I heard this just, ever in my yeah, life. Because no, this is how little I know about the restaurant industry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we're going to put, uh, we're going to do, it's going to be fun. And I'm going to sell like 50 burgers a day. We'll write the names on bags. And mm-hmm. 
we'll put funny messages and because you have so much time for each order in the resident and right like, yeah. well i mean in my brain you know like yeah. i was like oh we're gonna just have fun because i'm gonna make 50 a day i'm gonna go home mm-hmm. and just be happy for yeah. once in my career just be really really happy and content and just not have to answer to anybody not have to have a sales manager or a ceo tell me to lie to my customers or right i get to this is just me mm-hmm. and then like day five uh day three i had a my current one of my current managers he called he texted me he's like billy do you need help i was like yeah sure come <laughs> so he came in day five we had a line around the building and yeah. uh my system of writing on bags, writing the orders on bags like cheese only or whatever, mm-hmm. just was maybe the biggest disaster in the history <laughs> of the restaurant industry. So my my manager, he used to work in the pizza for a pizza place. That's where we met. Oh. He worked at Gala's, and I was doing pop ups there. Okay. And um, to this day, he said that's the craziest day he's ever had in the restaurant industry, and that includes. Super Bowl Sunday at, at a wing and pizza place, which is holy. which is the 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 holy grail of the pizza and wing industry. Yeah, right? if you don't but know that, you're living under a rock. Right, like, but like yeah. that's like a but it's like a you know it's just the day starts and it ends and in between was just chaos and you don't even remember it. So safe said, to say you did more than fifty burgers that day. Yeah, we did, <laughs> but it was a hor- It was just a horrible experience. It was, it was so bad. I feel bad for the people who waited. Uh Right. I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But like, I was like, okay, we're not doing that again. So like that Monday, I went and bought a printer and started setting up the system properly. And then, you know, so it all just changed. I was like, okay, we can't do this. This is not a business. Mm -hmm. This is not like a mom and pop business. All of a sudden, this is, if this keeps going, I'm going to be one of those one hit wonders where they came for a week and then I burned because I couldn't get out of my own way type of thing well but just from even this point in the conversation if nobody's even heard of nfa and never been here because they don't live in atlanta or they just don't eat burgers or whatever having the mindset that you have that you've already like expressed of just that like you want you see a problem and then you're gonna fix it that's always what you have to be doing in order to grow and not saying that you have to grow from like the 50 burger a day, like thought that you had originally, but just to be able to grow into something that makes the most sense for your business and your location and the experience that you want to provide for people. Right. So when I first started learning how to make, well, when I was blogging Mm -hmm. and going on and getting an Instagram following on Billy's burgers, people would ask me, like they started asking me, they thought I was an expert. And the reality is, I was just an expert on what I liked. Yes. Like, I like, oh, it tastes good. I couldn't tell you what was, well, it was, the bun was made by, you know, whatever. And right, like which exact you know, bakery, pope, which pickle the brand. Pope, and... The Pope made the bun and the mm-hmm. pickles were grown by whatever, right? I didn't know any of that stuff. And I didn't care. I just, what did it taste good? Mm-hmm. That's all I cared about. And so when I started making, practicing at home, I had to learn how to do these things. I'm terrible in the kitchen. I'm not a good cook. I was never a good cook, but I like read books, literally read books, watch videos, talk to these chefs that I had met who yeah. let me in kitchens. Hey, man, I'm trying to learn how to make a great burger. Like, tell me about pickles you use or, you know, what buns you use and where do you get them? How do you get buns, right? Like, <laughs> you know, do you just go to the store? Like, what do you do? Like, I had zero idea how this works. Um, but I started playing this game in my head and the game in my head eventually came out as like if i owned a restaurant how could i make a perfect burger every 
time. Like literally every time. Not It's like a puzzle. Yeah, and it was it was just this game I played in my head and it was like, okay, I can make a perfect burger for myself. Mm-hmm. It's like brisket. I can make one amazing brisket. Mm-hmm. I cannot do what Owens and Hole does. Or what Fox Brothers does. Right. Or what Franklin Barbecue does. Or Lewis Barbecue in Charleston. Yes, um, yes. I can't, that I can't do. I can make one brisket. Right. Okay. You can do it for your own household um, right. eating and consumption. To be, to be clear, it's still not going to be as good as those guys. But yeah. I could do one. Mm-hmm. Right. So making a burger for me is, that was never like a challenge because I'm like, well, of course I can make a, you know, I could try a thousand times and one of them is going to be perfect. Uh, but then it was this game, like, will my family like it? Will my friends like it? Um, if I did a pop-up, would everybody like it? If I did a pop-up every week, would everybody like it every week? If I did it every mm-hmm. day, if I had a restaurant, you know, it was just this game I kept, like, pushing myself. So It's also like a formulation of, okay, you just are thinking about something so much, it eventually comes to fruition. Yeah. Or in a form you didn't even know that you were going to. Because, right. like... When you started the Billy's Burgers Instagram, were you even thinking about pop-ups at the time? Did you start it to start pop-ups or First how of all, did I don't, that start? I don't know that pop-ups existed. Okay. When I started block, like, like in the form that they are now, like where you see them all over the place. Yeah. But no. Um, in fact, I'll, you know, I always tell this joke about this, but I, started, I bought like restaurant books. And then my wife would be. My wife said, "She's like, you know, the quickest way to divorce is if you open a restaurant." <laughs> now she, it's funny because she's the sweetest human on the planet. Yeah, and we talked earlier. She's been a teacher for she, she's been teaching for thirty years, but in wow. the same school for twenty six. But she's the sweetest human on the planet. She would, but she was like, like yeah, but she's not speaking from right, non research stuff like that's right. Her family had yeah. a business. Her mom and dad had a business. She didn't want to be in the business, so she's like, I'm not. In your restaurant, if you open mm-hmm. a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. That was kind of her point. It wasn't like don't do it, but don't don't. It won't be successful if you're relying on me to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, playing this game and just constantly uh, like reading the books and just talking to people and paying attention. We talked, you know, off there about you know I love to go to Krispy Kreme and just watch donuts being made. Who doesn't? If right. you don't like doing that, yeah. like I mean, but everybody should take the time to do it. Yeah, just go sit there and watch. It's fascinating. And to get a hot, to see how a hot donut just gets in your hand and made is and eaten is awesome to me, mm-hmm. and so um, and it's perfect every time. Yeah, exactly. So that's like the things that go through my mind are like going in and out and seeing them crush it at you know when schools get out or mm-hmm. whatever and seeing like man it's the same every time or you know just how even, do you build a right, consistently even, delicious product? Right. And even McDonald's like as a kid that's my childhood memory is. I like the old McDonald's. We just walked up to you, it's before you were born, but you walked up to the counter and you just said, I want a burger, and they put it in a bag. It was right behind you. Okay. And they just took it out of a chute oh. and put it in a bag and got some fries, and you walked away from the counter. And their, I think their goal was you should have your food within 80 seconds of ordering. Oh, my gosh. And so you may not love McDonald's burgers. But that process and that somebody went through this, like it was like 81 seconds. It was some weird number. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what that means. We'll do some fact-checking. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I took a look at the uh, the manual when I was a little kid. My older, <laughs> my older sister worked there. Um, but they had this manual. I mean, they, it was, you know, it's all dialed out. Like, you don't, Chick-fil-A is just not winging it. Right. right. There is so much process. <laughs> I've been in those kitchens before, too. Right. They're not winging it. It's, they've. They've got it done. They've mm-hmm. got it down, right? Mm-hmm. So for somebody who's not in the business before trying to 
figure out, well, I don't have a manual. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to open a restaurant. But I want to think about, like, what if I did, right? So I went to Publix one day, and I was pretty sure I was pretty close to being arrested. (laughs) Because I asked my friend, Robbie and Jeremy, they like making their own rubs and pastrami's and stuff. I said, how do you make a rub? This is how stupid I am. Yeah. Or how unknowledgeable I am. How do you make a rub? And they're like, you just take the spices you like, and you mix them together. (laughs) I was like, oh, all right. I thought there was some magical way to do it. I didn't know. So, you know, just go to the spice section at the store and mm-hmm. you just see what you like. And then, like, okay. So I sat there for like an hour. And the public manager is like clocking me. Mm-hmm. And he's walking by. And you can see he's walking. I'm just standing. I'm dressed normal clothes. Yeah. You're dressed in clothes. Good. Yeah. That's well, the first just, step oh, of going oh, into a grocery right. store. Yeah. Well, you know, it's preferred. Yeah. By most. <laughs> um, but I looked normal. Like, it didn't look like I was hiding out from somebody. Yeah. I'm so, really interested to see where this is going. Right. Yeah. So he comes in. He's like, he said, can I help you? I said, no, I'm good. And then he just walks away. Mm-hmm. And I'm just standing. Then I go over to the pickle. The pickle at this public, the pickles are in the same aisle. Mm-hmm. So I go down to the pickles and I'm looking at all the pickles of Lassic and Mount Olive and whatever. Mm-hmm. Bread and butter and not bread and butter and whatever. Um, so then I go back down to the spice aisle and I look at it again. And then I go over to the meat aisle and I'm looking at the different cuts of meat uh-huh. and the ground, the different grinds and talking to the butcher for a minute like, how do you grind meat and whatever. Go back to the spice aisle. The guy comes up. He's like, "Sir, you know you've been here a while. Are you okay?" What in the hell? And I was like, "Well, it's not a. It's not unfair. I didn't have a basket. I guess it's just like I'm surprised I haven't been asked that because it takes me so right. long to grocery shop. But I didn't sometimes. have a basket. Yeah. Okay. I'm just wandering around, meandering around at Publix, hmm. just looking at stuff. I have no interest in buying anything. Right? Do you have a weird hat on or anything? No, nothing. No. Okay. Just kind of dressing like I am today. Okay. Pull, probably a pullover and some jeans. <laughs> and um. <laughs> So finally, he's like, well, you know, you're not, doesn't look like you're shopping for anything. Can I help you find something? And I finally just said, oh, now it finally hit me like why that looks weird, right? Yeah. And because I know me, I'm not doing, I know I'm not doing anything wrong, but that guy doesn't know I'm not doing anything wrong. Right. Right. So I said, well, I'm just trying to figure out how to make the perfect spice and the perfect burger. And so I'm looking at the spices and the pickles and the buns and the meat, and I'm just trying to figure out how I want to make the perfect burger and then he left me he's like oh okay and then he left me alone <laughs> so that was probably my first foray into like how do i go to a grocery store yeah yeah how do and i shop and think about how there, this is done it's more complex than it sounds to build well to build something that can be your version of perfect and to be done at that level every single time. And, and it is thoughtfully thinking through what is that bun? What is, what is the sauce element? Is there a cheese element or what kind of meat is in the patty? Like all of the things like I, I think, well, through your pop. Okay. So you started the Instagram before you started doing Mm pop-ups and were you just dining at different burger places? So I was traveling for business. Yeah. And you needed something to keep you. Yeah. Yeah, I need something to do. And um, so I would start, I would go to a restaurant and order yeah. a burger and take a picture of terrible But you're like pretty, no, but you're good at it. You're good at taking burger photos. Oh, it was, uh, if you look at Billy's Burgers account, yeah. if you scroll through the early photos, mm. there will be a point in time, and I've, I've proven this by asking people to do it. There's okay. a point in time at which my photography elevates to really above average. How'd that happen? Horribly below average. 
I was at a sandwich shop in Boston. I was there on business. It was a place called Sam LaGrasse's, okay. which is an amazing sandwich shop. Um, hopefully it's still around. And I was in line waiting for it to open, and I was just talking to this guy. Behind, and uh, he's a firefighter and an, and an amateur photographer. Mm-hmm. So we wound up talking and sitting at the same table. And I said, hey, look, um, how do I make my pictures better? And he was like, it's all about lighting. So I had taken a picture, and I showed him. He was like, yeah, you don't want the light there. You want the light here. So that day, so if you go find that sandwich. We're going to find it. You will find like a definitive the line. The point of in, ascension. In photogra- yeah, yeah, in photography where, and it, by the way, it's still not great. Like I don't really. I have like it a, makes me hungry. Right, but, I have a, but I have a rule about pictures. Mm-hmm. I will take three pictures. If I don't get it, I eat. Like I'm not eating cold food. Don't hate that. Just boom, boom, boom. That yep, didn't get it. Yeah. Some things don't photograph well. I don't even try. Do you bring a little light? I tried that once. I looked like a yeah, like a jerk. Yeah. I think like women get away with it. Mm-hmm. I think guys look like idiots. But like women are like, it looks like, like I imagine my daughter mm-hmm. who's, I don't know, she wouldn't do that. But I imagine somebody like my daughter yeah. who's into, you know, the way things look and pays totally. attention and stuff like that. Where like, you know, I'm a guy in a jeans and a pullover. I walk in with like a professional lighting system to take right. a picture of a burger like i look like an idiot. you might get more questions than that day in public so right yeah so um yeah so i had like i bought a light and i did it once i'm like I, I don't know what i'm doing yeah so let's not pretend more of that like testing method right let's be like right now if i want to do a podcast right now i'd probably just do it on my phone microphone mm-hmm. because me with all the equipment that you have is it wouldn't come out the same way and then i just look like an idiot with a bunch of equipment whereas if i just do it on my phone it's, it's less like, fussy right like people are like oh that's billy sink he just does it yeah. on his phone yeah right i get that but the burger pics look great okay and then was it like you got so much attention from these burger photos and from your kind of billy's burger guide of where to get burgers and your comments about them that you're like I've perfected my own. Let me let me just try serving yeah. a couple or how did that People go? would just ask and I yeah. felt like a fraud because mm-hmm. I really don't know anything about cooking. So that's when I decided to read the books and do all that stuff. Yeah. And then I would have friends. And, you know, one of the things about the spices and the rub was that when I was playing this game in my head, I was like, well, there's already Shake Shack and there's already Steak and Shake and there's Grindhouse mm-hmm. and there's Culver's and there's Freddy's and there's all these places and... I've become friendly with senior people at Shake Shack and, and Alex at Grindhouse. But they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, if I was going to do something in this game in my head, it had to be unique in some way. So yeah. how do I make a smash burger unique? Well, it, the tech, it, this is, it's a 100-year-old style of cooking burgers. Like mm-hmm. a way of, so it's not like I can't reinvent the way you smash a burger. It's just that it's a Maillard reaction. It's the way it is. Mm-hmm. So I have to come up with some other thing. Well, what kind of pickles? All right. Well, everybody uses pickles, right? Right. So I had to come up with like my own seasoning and my own version of my sauce Mm -hmm. to make it, to separate it, at least separate it a little bit enough where people eat it and they go, oh, this isn't like. It's signature to NFA versus everybody else's. And also, it wasn't, I think a lot of these bigger restaurants, um, and I don't know this for facts, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. put words in like Great House or Shake Shacks. Bring on but, the controversy. But I think, but I think like, it. no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but I think like they sometimes 
Well, I'll give it. So there's a, yeah. a, a an Italian market that I go to, Forty Eighth Street Market. Love it. Yeah. And I become friends with Charlie and Andrea and the, and the whole family. And I'd asked Charlie probably six years ago. So before I was even considering doing pop-ups, really. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what's the key to running a restaurant? You know, and I took, like, notes on it in my note in my in my phone. Um, but we were talking about it. He's like, you know, sometimes you you got to – you have to play to the consumer. Mm-hmm. You can't just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because and I, there was a barbecue place up in uh, Alpharetta that's no longer there. He had said the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. I said, "How's your business changed from the day you opened to the, today?" He's like, "Well, I don't do the barbecue I want to do because mm. they don't really get it, mm. so I have to do the barbecue they want." And Charlie's not like that. He makes his sandwiches and he does yeah. his things and he goes to Italy and he finds olives. Their their market oil, is right? amazing, right? Like he does his thing, right? Yeah. But there are some family recipes that you're not going to get mm-hmm. because. Because su- it's specific to them. Because a, southern, yeah. a southerner eating Italian food is different than the old country yes. eating Italian food. Right? Yes. It's just, and when we, my wife and I went to Italy this summer. I totally get it. It's just mm-hmm. different, right? Yeah. So um, I wanted to do something that was like unique, but I knew I'm not playing to anybody. Mm-hmm. So when you come to NFA, like if I get a one-star review and I get them, I have to explain to people. I'm not McDonald's or Burger King, mm-hmm. okay? You're coming to my house, and I'm making you the burger you would eat if you were a guest <laughs> in my house, okay? Yes. Right? And that's how I treat it. Like, you're a guest in my house, and when you're a guest in somebody else's house, you don't tell Sky how mm-hmm. to yeah. make chicken parm or whatever, right? I've had people come into my house specifically tell me how to make my chicken parm. I'm just saying. <laughs> and that's a funny example. And I was just like, you're coming to my house. Why right. are you telling yeah, me what I, to make? Right. Like, when I come to your I house. I asked what you want for food recommendation. Like, right. you're getting what I make you. I right. Get so it. I just yeah. feel like when you come to my house, yeah. the burger I make for you at NFA is the burger I made for my family. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I'm not, you know, I want you to like it. Yeah, but if you don't like it, it's okay. As I've, it's I'm quoted in a lot of publications or even in reviews that I write. There are yeah. eight billion people on this planet. They're not yes. all going to like my burger. I believe it's on your website too. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. My wife and I always say because she teaches first grade teachers yeah. and she's always constantly saying to them, "It's okay, okay. right? Because yeah. the end of the world is coming. <laughs> yeah, because the kickball went over the fence, right? Right. It's okay. Yeah, we're going to get the ball, right? So it's okay. You don't have to like everything. It's okay. There isn't ketchup on your burger. It's okay. That was a one-star review I got the other day. Oh no! There's not. It's fine. Did you reply? Not yet. Okay. It's coming. You're you're waiting for it. (laughs) You're waiting for that inspiration to hit. It's I formulate the replies in my head. If you read my reviews, Mm -hmm. some people might find my replies offensive in some way. But a couple things. Like one is my employees read these reviews. Mm -hmm. Future employees read these reviews. Mm Future investors, mm-hmm. um, tenants, landlord, uh, landlords, tenants, brokers. They need to understand that I, you don't get a free pass at trashing my business. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't. hide behind a keyboard. Because you can't. Yeah. Okay. You don't get a free pass. If I do something wrong, I will fix it. Mm-hmm. If you come to me, I will fix it. Mm-hmm. When you're standing in line at NFA on a Saturday and the line's around the inside the gas yeah. station, if I'm there, I say, hey, Who's who's first time? Who's a first timer? Yeah. Raise your hand. Say, all right. If you have a problem today, I can fix it. Okay. The CEO of Google and Yelp and Facebook cannot solve your problem. 
So if you want to go to them, mm-hmm. that's okay. But they're not going to solve your problem. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who can do it. So if you don't like something, come talk to me. Because there's no restaurant who wants you to have a bad time. No. None. And I'll tell people, I'm like, I'm not in it for your $8. I'm in it for your $108. Right. Okay. So it's just nothing. Um, you know, we're sitting in Keller Williams. Yeah. Okay. People don't buy houses every week, but they do referrals, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the whole real estate business is exactly. built on referrals. So when somebody sells you a house, they're not thinking a good realtor won't say, oh, I got over on them. Right. Like the buck stops here. Right. I don't like. They I'm, want you to enjoy mm-hmm. your experience. So you tell somebody else or that when you buy another house or you have a family and you want to need a home instead of a town home. Right. They want you to come back. Right. It's the bad realtors who are like I got over on them. Yes. Right. So most restaurant owners don't want to get over on you. No. There's nothing in it for them. They mm-hmm. want you to come back. I want you to come back every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just once. But it's also a better con- experience for the consumer too if they address the problem in the moment and try to make it better for themselves so that they're not frustrated the rest of their day and it's consuming them of like, wow, I can't believe that was a bad experience. Now I'm going to have to, the only way I can get this energy out is to like blast them on a Google review or on social media or something. It would have been resolved if you just addressed it in person or in a, in a respectful email. way. Yeah. Just or just email. address it directly is the main thing. We didn't put pickles on your sandwich. I apologize. Yeah. I'll fix it. Yeah. It's okay. Oof. Whatever. It's okay. Like I go to restaurants and I, if I don't like something, I say something. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, it's just communicate. Like, you know, we, one guy left a review about, so it was early on. It was really early on. Oh, no. Sticks with you to this day. Oh, no, because yeah. it just makes me laugh. Yeah. Because, like, his expectation of what happens in a restaurant and mine are just entirely different. And how I treat the people who work at the restaurant or mm-hmm. – um, if you have respect for me, I'll, I will treat you with respect. If you don't have respect for me, well, then right. game's over. Yeah. But I think his early review was uh, something like – yeah, and you guys just turn around constantly. Your chef just turns around constantly and talks to the other people. <laughs> and instead of just, you know, focusing on the grill and just doing the thing they're supposed to do, and then it would go faster. I had to write the guy back and go, just to be clear, it's called communicating. Um, we're going to continue to do it because it's the best way to make sure the food comes out right. Yes. Right? You, we use words. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we use words. Right. And, you know, and by the way... <laughs> You know, like I said, you were all of 20 feet from me. You could have just said hi and pulled right. me aside. This is like before COVID. So this is like we used to line up right at the counter. Mm-hmm. And when I say 20 feet, I mean less than 20 feet. I mean, our kitchen's not even 20 feet long. So, I mean, you were literally like five feet from me. Like all you do is just say something and I would have explained everything to you. I would have also explained, yeah, man, I have never been in the restaurant industry until 30 days ago. <laughs> this is my first rodeo dude so just lighten up a little man it's okay it it is well okay i i have so many questions for you but we're gonna just keep i talk keep it going no it's okay this is why you're here no it's fine we'll we'll have you back for like national burger day or something and then we'll like (laughs) get get more into the specifics but it's like I, i just can see that and it's it's probably that person 
was like on their phone the whole time too and not even looking at you and you're just using body language and you're just trying to get your orders out and all of that. It's just, it's just funny to see how people interact in person versus in their digital space. And especially with your experience of just studying food service and then jumping in with both feet and going in with NFA because I think that's just so difficult. And I, I, this is something that I did want to touch on before I let you go is like just the food service side of things of like what you've learned and why you, to me are successful in business. And like, I know that that's kind of a term where what is success and blah, 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 but you are people love your product. I love coming to NFA and eating your food. Whenever I say the words like NFA, people are like, Oh my God, we need to go there. That sounds so good. Like even today I was leaving and Elliot was like, Oh my God, NFA, we really need to go there this week. Like I love this place. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but we don't need to eat it every single day. But anyways, (laughs) going off of that, um, I just wanted to know things about like, your takes on food service and relevance of like social media and digital stuff in this moment in time. So like how important is it for you to be consistently posting on social media? Does that matter to you at this phase in the game? Um, I believe social, I think you should have a reason to post on social media because I think everything else is just an ad. Yeah. And I think, Consumers are really onto it, mm-hmm. right? So if you post something like, we're having a special today, that's an ad. Okay, and that's not engaging and that's not fun and nobody cares. Okay. Right? That's just how I feel about it. And I have a career in advertising. Right. So I have a way of, like, I've written radio commercials and designed ad, banner ads and, mm-hmm. for Publix, actually, <laughs> and or redone their banner ads. Yeah. Um, so I have experience doing the, doing those things. So I look at it from a different lens. Mm-hmm. And I want to post something that's interesting and engaging or fun or with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most restaurants forget that. Yeah. Right. And they think like, you know, the guy in Buffalo who follows you on Instagram is interested in your BOGO <laughs> thing. <laughs> that, by the way, you just posted a message today. Yeah. And the BOGO's for today. Yeah. Right. Like, I think a lot of restaurants don't understand consumer behavior. They don't, you know, they're just doing things kind of in the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, and so my social media is a little different. Also, knock on wood, I'm you know, fairly successful. And we yeah. I always want to be busy. I'll never complain about a line ever. Mm-hmm. You will never hear me complain. You will never hear me say to a customer, oh, I'm sorry, we we're really busy. Yep. Right, because my always what I say to my staff is when they say we're really busy, I always say the same thing to them. They can all quote it. It could be worse. We cannot be busy. Wow. Okay. So that's a Billyism right, right there. So <laughs> it could be worse. You know, th- like don't take it for granted because yeah. it could all go away tomorrow. Yeah. And I really that's kind of how I treat the restaurant is that our last burger could be made right now. I have no idea. Yeah. The wheels could come off tonight, and it could like be, never I, be. And I can never sell another burger again. So that's kind of how I treat the business. Uh, but it's back to the media and the marketing. I think restaurants need to pay more attention to how they do their things and their game plan of how they market themselves mm-hmm. and rely less on, well, social media is free. Well, yeah, it's free. But it doesn't right. mean that it's, and it's not going to drive your business. Like, there's a lot more to it mm. than that. So I watch, I pay attention to consumer behavior. Like, uh, 
like early on, we were written up in the in the AJC. Yeah. Wendell Brock came out, wrote about mm-hmm. us, and um, during COVID, the early part of COVID, and uh, I mean, we had a line around the building. Yep. And my wife walks in. She's like, "Billy, Kevin Gillespie's in line." Oh my gosh! Now I know I'd met Kevin at the. Yeah. Um, I'd met Kevin at the uh, tour championship media day because we okay. were both vendors at the tour. He was well, I was a I was a vendor. He was like the he was the star of the show. And he's like, <laughs> but we were in the we were in the booth next to each other. So he's like, she said, "What do you? Kevin's in line. What do we do?" I said, "Tell him I said hi." Yeah, like, like everybody waits in line. It's okay, right? Right? Everybody waits. We're all good. Um, but we had this line around the building and. Um, and I'm watching everything, and I'm paying attention to like ticket times and all this stuff, and my brain is not really enjoying it mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. because all I'm thinking about is how do I make this go faster and consistent and better? Like, how do I keep doing that? You couldn't enjoy the moment of it. I enjoy it now, yeah. and it was cool at the time. Like, I've had multiple billionaire restaurant executives <laughs> come for a tour. Okay, that's pretty awesome. And when they ask me questions like. You know, how many burgers did you do last Saturday? Mm-hmm. And I, I'll say, I won't say it here, but I'll yeah. tell them. And they'll say, you did that out of this kitchen? And they're like, yeah. They're like, Billy, you don't know how special that is. Mm-hmm. That is like That's the fulfillment to that me, you need. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's, I don't know that I'd need it, but it's it lets me know that like all these things I paid attention to and all these things I'm trying to do is actually. Paying off. Adding paying up off to something. Actually, yeah. people are People were able to notice it and appreciate it, um, how hard my staff works. And when they come in, they look in that kitchen, like professional restaurant mm-hmm. owner, like restaurant tours or chefs, they see the way that we set up the staff and how they're doing things and how they interact with each other and our ticket system now, and which is way different than the day one of writing on bags. <laughs> you know, we have multiple screens now with different colors and we can track where the orders are and like this is like uh, it's a real production. Yeah, this is like a restaurant that has a thousand locations. Like we, yeah. tr- I treat it like that. Yes. Now, which is day one, I didn't treat it like that at all because I didn't know what I was doing. Got to treat it like Krispy Kreme. Right. Exactly. Right. You so do that. You know, like it's got to be perfect and it's got to be on time. And mm-hmm. if those things aren't happening, I want to know why. So back to your question about yeah. like customer service, like yeah. if you tell me it took you fifteen minutes to get a burger on a Saturday, I'm gonna go watch the video. Okay. Oh my God. Now here's what I'll tell you. Nine times out of ten, that person's wrong. Yeah. About fifteen minutes. It was thirteen and a half, sir. Well, it's usually like six <laughs> or eight, right? Or they include the time they waited in line, which yeah. is not my fault. If you don't want to wait in line, don't right. wait in line. Um. But I'll watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are we doing? What happened here? Why was so and so on the register and not so and so? Or why was you know what was happening or. Right? Why did somebody go on a break at that time? You know, like those are the things I'm looking at. I'm going, okay, is that something I can change, or is that just something that just is going to happen once in a while? Yeah. Is 15 minutes your threshold? No, mine is six. Oh wow. My goal, our goal is six in the kitchen. Now, we're oh gonna... no wonder these executives are popping over <laughs> for a tour. Are you kidding me? Right. So, my, if we're doing what we're doing and we're properly staffed, provided somebody doesn't come in and order 30 burgers. Mm-hmm. Which will that it doesn't matter how much staff I have or how efficient we are. That's just gonna that's gonna drag the line. It just is because we don't we only have forty eight inches of grill space. We right. can't cook all that at once. Totally. So that 
assuming it's just normal orders all the time, mm-hmm. orders should be coming out every six to eight minutes. And we don't have a place. We don't have a place to hold them, so they just get made. They get mm-hmm. bagged, and a runner brings it out to your car at the picnic tables. So it's not as if you know we got to review like my food was cold. Or, like track down her other restaurants yeah. she left reviews on. Mm-hmm. It turns out she lives like fifteen miles from here. So like you she can see, drove like, it home yeah, so you for can see, like, 35 all, minutes. Right, you can see all the other reviews that she leaves are like for businesses that are like in this one area of town. Like, okay, well, I can't control that. Right? Our food is not meant to go 35 minutes in a car. Okay, right? It's Billy, meant to be eaten right away. I just had a thought because we were talking about podcasting and stuff earlier and you were talking about true crime. <laughs> what if you just did like episodes about tracking down people's google reviews and then like uh-huh. anonymously like you know name somebody rebecca who was actually I like would out them. I would jenna or out something them. and then well, you would no you couldn't out them because you would get sued and you want your I business would gladly out but them. you could just give them a fake name and then be like hmm let's talk about this review for this week this yeah. person actually lives in arkansas drove it home and then just proceeded to write me a review saying right. my food was cold right you know, that'd be really funny to track the review. They, um, <laughs> I'll go one step further. I actually read their other reviews. I, I mean, you don't and mess so, around. So there's one woman who left us a one-star review. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she reviewed 23 places. 17 of them are one-star reviews. What? Yeah. So I just wrote her back. I said, look, I noticed a pattern. Mm-hmm. You don't seem to like eating out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, why don't you adjust your behavior and then the restaurant and both you and the restaurant will all be happy (laughs) because that's miserable. Yeah. Like, why do you keep putting yourself in a position in a position to be unhappy? It just is frustrating. Like, so I'm you're really like Google them. review therapy. Like you're pretty much yeah. telling you're setting these people on the path of like, how about you just eat at home and save us all yeah. the misery? The, Thank you. The guy who wrote that. The pizza place inside Gwinnett Place Mall is not nearly as good as Antico. Oh my gosh! And he left us a he left us a bad review, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, of like, course, yes, and yeah." Why did you go there expecting it to be like Antico, the one of the best pizza places in the country? Professional troll. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, like no. <laughs> yeah, of course it's not as good. Oh my! So God. your expectations have to be a little different. Yeah, he wound up deleting his review because some of these people don't want to be. Called out. They don't want to be called out. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. I bet you feel really good when that happens, It makes too. me laugh. <laughs> because I'll put it in there like yeah, the same guy went to Southern Custard. Yeah. Do you like Love that? Southern yeah. Custard. Yes. Love it. Right. Wrote a review. It's like, they only had three flavors. And it's nothing like this other. I'm not going to name the other place. Yeah. Because I like the other place. But it's nothing like this other place. This other place has 40 flavors. And I had to write in my review, reply back. I was like, look, I noticed your review about Southern Custard. I'm going to tell you something. First off, I love Southern Custard. My family and I go there all the time. Yeah. Secondly, custard and ice cream are not the same thing. I shouldn't have to tell you this. <laughs> and third of all, they have a menu and they have a calendar with their schedule of right. flavors for Southern Custard, right. too. It's not – right. Just – it's okay. Like, you don't, it, you don't have to like custard. There's no pl- – I mean, I don't know of a place maybe – I mean, Ted Drew's maybe in St. Louis has lots of different flavors of custard, which is amazing. I love that place. But most places only don't have a lot of custard flavors. It just don't. Mm. But it's, you know, this idea that, like, 
It's nothing like this other place. Yeah, they're two different businesses. I, I don't know if you read the name, but it's actually a right. different owner, a different spot altogether. <laughs> right. They're not the same. Right. They're not even they in the same town. They never to be. It's not even the same town as the other place <laughs> that you went to. So, you know, just stuff like that. So I will... Um, it's not a logical review, and it seems like the way that you process and everything is very logical, rational, and like yeah. has like facts to back it up. And the, these people are like not so aligned another, with that. Another ism. I just shared this with yeah. the restaurant owner the other day. I said you're. In, it wasn't about him. It was about a, uh, uh-huh. somebody else. And I said you're entitled to your own opinion. You're not entitled to your own set of facts. And right, Boom. so you cannot like my burger. Yeah, you're entitled to not like my burger. Mm-hmm. You are not entitled to say. I waited an hour in line for my food mm-hmm. because I know you didn't. Yeah. Okay. I got the cameras to prove right. it. But I mean, I just know, like, day one? Yeah. Well, not day one. Do we serve, sold three burgers? Day five. Day five? Yeah. Did you wait an line an hour for, for, yes. If you waited four years to leave that review, then you're right. You're 100% <laughs> right. But, you know, that's, but it's those kinds of things. Like, I am very logical about it. Again, my employees read those reviews. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've had people going to trash my employees. I said, look, man, don't get a free pass here. If they did something wrong, I'll talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think somebody made fun of, like, we don't have uniforms. Mm. It's like, they don't have any – there's nothing identifiable about them. Like, yeah, the identifiable thing is that <laughs> we're – the person bringing your food works for us. That's the identifier. They they have your food. Wait. Right? And they ask you what your name is. That's the identifier. They don't need – golden arches oh my god you know or whatever but this is just this is food service in this moment and it's just so funny because all of the research and the books that you've read and like even just going in person to observe these different institutions like you know like a shake shack or a Krispy Kreme or whether it be a McDonald's it's like that's the side of things of being a modern day restaurant that I don't know that there are that many books about or that much intel about how you're able to be successful, feel good about the product that you're putting out, and deal with the different digital things that you're battling. You know, well, it's the restaurant industry is the only industry. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody's going to hear this and go, "No, whatever." But it's the only industry where you can crap on the business mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Yeah, to the public. Now, you can do that with any business, right, on Facebook video or something like that. Right. But there are actual platforms, Google and Yelp and Facebook reviews, mm-hmm. where you can actually write – like there was – during COVID, there was a woman who wrote about a Mexican place I go to a lot in WWE. Yeah. I'm here right now, and our service is slow. <sighs> and she's like live Facebooking her experience. I wrote back. I'm like, hey, you know what's really cool? The owner of the restaurant's in the kitchen, and if you just ask for him, <laughs> he'll come out and talk to you. But I'm not sure what it is we can do for you. You don't mess with Billy's right? people, uh-uh. but just like just yeah. benefit of the doubt. Like the guy who owns a restaurant doesn't want you to have a bad time, yeah. but there's nothing I can do to solve it for you. So stop telling me, mm-hmm. and go talk to the person and give yourself a better chance of enjoying yourself. Yeah, because you work hard for your money. Mm-hmm. And don't you want to enjoy yourself? Right. Right. Do you want to be the star of the one? You, I always say, like, I've written it a couple of times. Do you want to be the star of the one one star review show? <laughs> or do you want to have a good steak? <laughs> like, which one do you want? Because I want to enjoy my meal. Okay. I don't need to be the star of the review show. Absolutely. Right? I just want to enjoy myself. So the restaurant industry is just one of those industries where you can instant 
just tell the world instantly yeah. about how bad of a time it is. Now, you can also tell people good. Like we get right. 90, you get a lot of yeah, ninety nine percent of it's good. So I don't want to try. You know, like we have a lot of great supporters and people come back two or three times a week. It's mm-hmm. amazing, and they'll say we're going to leave a good review. And I say the same thing every time. Instead of a review, why don't you bring another friend? Don't worry about Yelp. Don't worry about Google. I could yes. care less. Yes. Just bring more people. I love okay? that. Because I don't that's that's what makes me happy. When you when you care enough to put your reputation on the line to bring mm-hmm. somebody back to my restaurant, that means way more than your fake name on yes. Yelp. Right. Like, like I think that's just such a important note probably to in this conversation on to wrap it all up too of like the in person connection and the trust that you're saying of like it actually you are putting your reputation on the line like as somebody if i'm like if i recommend nfa burger i know people are going to enjoy it and that's why i'm recommending it and i'm trying to share that enjoyment and like domino affect that enjoyment but that is more meaningful right than it being just, it just like jenna here at keller yeah. williams like <laughs> i'm gonna shout out jenna um <laughs> You know, just like the crew here at Carol, Carol, yeah. Carol Williams, right? Like they they want you to enjoy your experience so that you tell other people. Mm-hmm. And if you tell somebody else, you know that the crew here is going to take care of them. You just yeah. know. And so you have a pretty good idea that if you send somebody to NFA, I'm going to take care of them. Yes. And if I don't, I want to know why and we'll fix it. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not just, again, not here for your $8. Right. right? I'm in this to be for happy. For longevity. I want yeah. you to be happy. Like the thing that makes me happiest in NFA mm-hmm. is when my customer is happy. That's it. So when I get these reviews or somebody complains about something, it bothers me because I want you to be happy. Right. And the idea that you think I'm doing something malicious to Correct. interfere with your experience mm-hmm. is just plain silly. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying restaurants don't do that or a worker has a bad day and takes it out on you. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in NFA, but I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other places. But I think the worst thing I'm gonna I want to get this in. I don't know mm-hmm. if you get it out. No, but, get it in. But I think the worst thing that ever happened is this idea that the customer is always right. Yeah, and that's where I came up with that. The cut, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to your own set of facts. Yes. Right. So what what they mean when the customer is always right is their opinion's always right. If somebody doesn't like my food, I can't tell them they liked my food. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't argue with them. Right. To them, that's a fact. But I can tell you that, um, you know, we're open. We've been closed every Sunday and Monday since yes. we opened, right? You can't tell me like they're always closed. It's like, no, we've had the same hours since we opened. We'll change some during COVID a little bit, but the yeah. days have always been the same. You know, so you can't just make things up, right? We work too hard at it. My staff works way too hard. The best thing that I can say about NFA is that when you walk in, you see the same faces mm-hmm. working there. Just like I do when I go to um, Taqueria del Sol mm-hmm. or when I go to um, Grand Champion or East 48th Street Market, yeah. you know, or go see Robert and Brian for barbecue or whatever, yeah. right? Like, I see the same faces all the time. That means they're taking care of their employees. That means people there are happy. That probably means I'm getting a pretty good product, right? And that makes me happy. So when you see the same faces, whether it be at Publix or all the other places, mm-hmm. my family and I go, um, you know, it just means that people are taking care of you. And that's the customer service part that I want people to leave yeah. NFA with as I 
have a cramp in my Oh, head. no, you're fine. This is what happens when you get old and you're out of the shape. The mic goes with you. Don't yeah, worry. I brought the mic with me. But I saw that look <laughs> on your face like, where's he going? I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Billy needs to go get water. No, that's... I, I think that that's like, and that's the, that's the X factor of restaurants that I look for when I go to a place too, is do I feel taken care of? Do I feel like the product is good? Do I, I don't know. Do you being taken advantage of? Right. Or do you feel like the people appreciate you being there? Exactly. That's, so there's a, I'm not going to name it. There's a famous restaurant in Atlanta, mm-hmm. James Beer nominated and uh, Michelin yeah. something, not a star, but Michelin mentioned or something yeah. like that. I will never eat there. Oh, I Because the front you. of the house guy uh-huh. does not appreciate me or my family. And I don't care how good your food is. Yep. Okay. I will go to Kamayan. I hope yeah. I'm saying that right. It's, I say Kamayan. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Kamayan. I think I finally It probably it is with but, the, yeah. But like to see Mia and Carlo, mm-hmm. like Mia's we started. so sweet. We yes. do, started doing pop-ups at the same time. And so we've actually watched each other grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you, I was there on, uh, what day? I don't know. One of the, last Sunday, I took mm-hmm. my son for lunch. And just to see everybody, they're so happy and so excited. And they're so excited to share mm-hmm. what they love about food with you, right? Like, I will go there a million out of a million times. 100%. And this other place is one of Atlanta's top four restaurants all the time. It's always mentioned. I will never go there. I will go see... I will go see these guys seven out of seven days. Yes. If they were open seven out of seven days, I'd go there seven out of seven times. So I want to go somewhere that's appreciated. People are excited. Mm-hmm. People don't take you for granted. Um, that's that's how it should be. Yeah. And that's how it is at NFA. And, and that's and what you're driving to do. And so I think, like I said, this the problem that I have with this podcast at this moment is that I like talking, and I have people on that like and you talking. Mentioned somebody, you you, you met somebody who like, just keeps talking. No, but the thing is, I only like people that can have a conversation. I don't want somebody <laughs> sitting here like a piece of cardboard. So it just ends up being like, actually, we just need like a walk and talk, like half day, like eating and drinking and all this stuff. So I I hate cutting it off. That's what, yeah. I hate it. I but. I think that the I, note that we're talking about I feel, bad is something. That, I feel bad about the person who edits this, quite frankly. Well, I don't. Alexa, you're fine. But I think that <laughs> Bring Alexa for food. <laughs> Alexa will bring you will bring you to NFA and you'll feel fine. But I think I think like the wrapping like thought and topic of this is just that like there's an X factor when it comes to going into restaurants and it is that experience that you're feeling like the food has to be great, but the experience also has to be great. And the intention of the people bringing that experience has to be great. And for me, that's what you get at NFA. And I think, you know, I think you are proud of everything that you're doing, but I think you should be proud of yourself too. And, um, I also just want you to like shout out just a couple of like, you know, where to follow you, your website, la di da di da. Also, there's a new kitchen coming. Also, there's so many other collabs coming. And, uh, you know, right, so we I'll, can't get it all in. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Yeah. All right. Uh, NFABurger.com, at NFABurger uh, on Instagram. Um, we have two collabs coming up. I'm not allowed to say collab because I'm 51. but um, You can. In this context, I'll Would you it. like to say it in the non-abbreviated form of Collaboration. collaboration? Okay. A partnership. Um, so Owens and Hole Barbecue on National Grilled Cheese Day. Okay. We are going to do use their smoked turkey on a grilled cheese. Do you know what day that is? It is April twelfth. 
Ooh. I do actually know. Great. That's around my birthday. There you go. Yeah. Um, Valentine's Day. Okay. Which I should have probably mentioned that chronologically first. Yeah. We are going to partner with Taqueria del Sol. <gasps> we're going to use Valentino sauce. I told you foreshadowing. Oh. So we're going to use we're going to uh, swap out um, sassy sauce with Valentino sauce on Valentine's Day. Stop it. So we're going to do that, and um, we're just going to the goal of 2024 is to have some fun. Yes. And try and work with people. Like I want to do something with Kamayan. I want to do something with, you know, I just want to do stuff with people who care about the experience as much as I do and want to have fun and. I think it's the year of the you know, collab for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it'll get lost <laughs> I think at some you point. Say it. But I mean, I'm not saying it. <laughs> it's like just one of those words. I think it's like moist. I think collab and moist are like similar words to me. I think you're the only person who thinks that. But yeah. Well, everybody's got that word. What's your yeah. word? What's the word that you? Well, can't I don't stand? like moist. What, uh, but that, is that the word? The single word? I mean, off the top of my head, I have one that's a single. I have two. Okay, let's hear it. Um, actually, it's the same word. It's just delish. Oh, okay. My father-in-law is going to, because he says it all the time, he's going to be like, oh, he hates it when I say it. <laughs> but that's not where it comes from. It comes from uh, my buddy, John Kincaid, who I used to work with at 680 The Fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to say something like, oh, that's just delicious or something. But like not about it, food. It, it, could just, be, it was too much. It wasn't about food all the time, yeah. right, or something? Actually, I was just watching this show on Netflix, and there was a home decorator that would say, like, Oh, style is delicious. And I was like, no, like this word doesn't apply here and right. it just sounds horrible. Right. I want to call your English teacher and have a talk with them. Yeah. Okay. So delicious is one. And I then what's that, the second I, one? No, I, well, it was delish. Yeah. And delicious. Like, yeah, it's too uh, much. There's probably some other words. But, but it's, I think for me, it's more like some of the Gen Z slang. I don't like slay at all. And I don't like bet. When people go bet. What does that mean? It's like. Um, See, I, don't even know that. I know it's like it, I just I'll get you a, like a urban dictionary, but it's pretty much like um, NFA is is the I don't okay I don't even know how to perfectly say I it. Like, use, NFA is so good, and somebody goes bet. They're like, yeah, I agree. I just learned what mid and sus means. Okay, because we were at the Jimmy Fallon show over the holidays, uh-huh. and he used it in a joke. Oh. And then my wife and I had to ask our kids like. I like I, I like those better than slay and bet, but they're still not great. I don't really love their language. Yeah, um, I once almost didn't get hired for a job uh-huh. because in my email I used an ellipsis, <laughs> and apparently in Urban Dictionary land it means dot dot dot. Yeah, and it means something. I'm still not to this day sure like what it means. I think it's something something like dismissive. Okay, in some way, but I literally almost didn't get a job. And this woman, she's like, I'm glad we hired you. And I was like, what does that Despite mean? Despite the dot, dot, dot. I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, well, you know, in your travel email, you use the dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, you mean an ellipsis? Oh, my gosh. She's like, yeah, it, it really doesn't mean what you think it means. I was like, no, it, it actually means what I think it means. I don't think it means what you think it means. Oh, my gosh. That's a true story. Yeah, I don't think job applications are like that anymore because it, <laughs> if you had to grammar police everything, it just would not happen. All right, I, I know I know what words to avoid with you. Okay, Joel Joel slays it at his tailgates. <laughs> Bet. Bet. There you go. <laughs> okay, well we're gonna wrap it up on that, but thank you, Billy. Thank Appreciate you for having you. me. You're very sorry friendly. for the light. Cramp. Hi, Suzanne. I'm gonna make you listen to this because you're. <laughs> 
doppelganger, <laughs> doppelgangers. Voice doppelganger, sky. apparently. Yeah. Amazing. All yeah. right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode of Sky's the Limit, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along in the meantime on Instagram at sky.estroff or sky-estroff.com. See you next week.